0: Hi, I'm Deborah Hamilton. Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Ten years ago, with my iPhone and a script, I recorded the first episode of the Ultimate Pet Resolution Summit, which chatted with experts about conflicts over animals. Our conversations were intimate, honest, and illustrated how disagreements over animals occur and how those disagreements can reshape people's lives and relationships. In November 2019, I started Why Do Pets Matter, a new podcast that continued these informative discussions. I'm so excited to have you here with me, continuing my exploration into a more meaningful conversation about why pets matter to all of us. My guests and I will share ideas, stories, and experiences straight from the heart, unscripted and holistic. From the bravest moments to the most brokenhearted we will explore how to resolve disagreements over animals differently one thing i know for sure is i want to have more meaningful conversations that will help all of us unlock that deeply felt human animal bond that drives the emotions of conflict today our guest is krista karpowitz of wag out loud a wonderful podcast A podcast that talks about animals' health, nutrition, and well being. She also has an online marketplace where you can get unique items for your dogs. So join me now and hear what Krista has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and welcome back to Why Do Pets Matter, my podcast. Today, I'm with Krista Karpowicz, who is the founder, owner, and all things wag out loud, podcast, merchandise, and part of Good Dog, which is a D.I.G., and she's going to explain that to us later on. So
1: thank you so much, Krista, for coming. Thank you, Deborah, and for all that you do. This is an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Well, I'm. I know that we're going to have a lot
0: to talk about today, so I am so grateful you're here. I start with one question, and then we go forward from there, which is, Krista, why do pets matter to you?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, being with WAG Out Loud, my, my favorite pet is the dog. Um, so I am obsessed with dogs. And they matter so much. Not only, you know, we all know that they are here to teach us about unconditional love, um, and we're all in training with that. <laughs> so, they're not only that. So, our teacher, they are our therapist. They are our medicine. And above all, they are family.
0: You know, you're so right. It's it's funny. Everyone, when I ask that question, says the same thing. Oh, my God, where do I start? Uh, it makes it such an important question because it makes you stop and think about why, why you got into what you're into. And I read on your website that you started to learn about nutrition and that led you to where you are today. So tell the audience a little bit about how Wag Out Loud came into fruition because it didn't just pop onto the earth. Oh my God, here's these 17 different things, but rather this was a well thought out process.
1: Well, Uh, I guess it goes back to my previous dog. So we're talking probably 15 years ago and he was having seizures and four different veterinarians couldn't figure out why around that same time, we were looking at getting a second dog, an adult dog, and she would not be sold to us unless we fed the raw food diet. So we're feeding her raw, might as well feed Higgins raw. He was the one that was having the seizures. And sure enough, after we switched his diet, he never had another seizure. So I have always been fascinated with canine nutrition. Um, Obviously, it makes a huge difference. And while I was out walking my current dog, Winston, um, gosh, this is three years ago, it just hit me like a brick that I really want to, Take a course and be certified in canine nutrition. So I did that while I had a JOB. So it took me about a year. And once I got that certification, <laughs> who knows why I thought, oh, I need to turn this into a podcast and share it with the world. So that's what I did. And May 8th, I will turn two years old with the podcast and just released my 100th episode a few weeks ago.
0: Fabulous, you know, this is such an important time because a lot of people are listening more to podcasts. And so when there's an educational podcast out there about animals, especially as we're gonna get into, I think a little later, uh, people have COVID puppies now, pandemic puppies. Uh, Dr. Marty Greer has written a book on pandemic puppies. She's gonna be a guest later on this month it is so important to know that nutrition can really make the difference between a dog thriving
1: and not. Absolutely. It's, I mean, we don't have that much time to get into it today, but that, you know, our dogs, unfortunately, their only fault is that they don't live as long as we would like them to be here on this earth. But while they're here, why not be the advocate for their health and help them to be, healthy and live longer. You know, too many dogs are getting cancer over 50%, especially those over 10. And that statistic can come way down if we just feed them a better diet.
0: And every dog is different. So the diet that might have worked on Higgins might not work on your dog right now, because different breeds, different metabolisms, different everything. I know I have Irish setters and you say, well, you just feed them the same food. No, there are some of my dogs that do so much better on a raw diet, some that do so much better on a, you know, grain-free diet. I don't, I'm, I'm a, a sort of a conscientious objector to all or nothing of anything. So I try to do a blending if that's what the dog thrives on. Yep, absolutely. You're right. So tell us a little bit more about how you got. So you went out and got your certification in nutrition, and then you started the podcast to talk about nutrition and dogs' welfare and well-being in um, how you feed them, how you care for them. Tell us a little bit more about how that came about, because that's such an interesting position to take with a podcast for people to really sit down and listen to how can you better take care of your or how can you best take care of your dog.
1: Yeah. I started with the approach to health just in general and then unpacked that a little bit more. So the three categories with the podcast are health, nutrition, or overall well-being. And once I got into this and the experts that have been on the show have just been eye opening. You know, I mentioned the cancer rates and I never knew about over vaccination and all of the illnesses and diseases that that causes. I never knew that we could get a tighter test instead of re-vaccinating them every year, which is a bad idea in and of itself. You know, puppies need their shots, yes. I would not recommend combination vaccines, but getting them singly. But once they're an adult dog, over 98% of the vaccinations live with them for their life. You don't have to revaccinate. So I never knew about glyphosate and what glyphosate is, which is the main ingredient in Roundup that is sprayed on our crops, on our lawns and parks. I mean, I can't even tell you the detriment that glyphosate is posing not only to humans, right, but to our pets. Yep, but to the dogs even worse. I never knew when about you
0: see that. those signs on the lawn really do steer clear yes. by like six feet, not just Absolutely. the lawn, but by like six feet. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. So it's just, it's spreading the word and educating people on again, how we can help our dogs live their best lives.
0: Well, it's interesting. You brought that up because when you, um, do some research on animals. Um, some of the shelter animals don't come with a package of information regarding, you know what their breed is predisposed to. Mm-hmm. If you buy from a preservationist, um, passionate breeder, they should give you a, a whole dossier on what's good for this dog, what isn't good. Some dogs, some breeds of dogs do really poorly with certain types of rabies, um, certain types of vaccinations. You have to know your dog. And if if your dog is a mix of two dogs, let's say a Labradoodle, you really have to do the research about what's good and bad for the poodle and what's good and bad for the Labrador because you're getting 50% of that dog good and bad. So you have to do that research. And the, I always tell people who get, Dogs that are a mix of the breeds join both clubs. Join both national clubs because Absolutely. the national clubs, as as you pointed out, um, will give you that information that you didn't know. The aha moment of you mean I can get it tighter. I mean I don't have to do this vaccination over and over again, especially on my ten year old who is you know coming to the um, apex of their lives. You know, and uh, vaccinations might really sort of mess up that delicate balance. I know you know about that delicate balance where they're just living their lives, living their lives. They didn't take a vaccination in Holy Toledo, all heck breaks loose because that delicate balance was disrupted. So tell us a little bit more because I know you've had people on your podcast that talked about um, the titers, what they are. Um, I know about them. And and what was really interesting was that I didn't um, ask my pediatrician to separate my son's, Uh, vaccinations, which we now find may or may not cause issues for children, but I certainly asked my vet to (laughs) separate my puppy's vaccinations so my sons often tell me you are more interested and aware and (laughs) instructed on how to care for the dog than you are to care for (laughs) me. And I will raise my hand. Bad mom. you bad mom. mom. (laughs) 1-800-BAD-MOM. But tell us a little bit more because most people really and and I love veterinarians. It's they're some of my best um, collaborator, collaborators, and colleagues um, and clients. But it's it's difficult for a pet owner to raise their hand and say, "Wait a minute, tell me more. Um, where can I check this out?" Right. I mean, I bet you found that on your on your podcast that people just are afraid
1: to say, "Tell me more." Oh my gosh, it's so funny. The, my last episode on yesterday was how to talk to your vet about a homemade diet and it got into you know we we hold veterinarians in such high regard that we almost feel guilty for questioning their recommendation for treatment or food or vaccine and you guys unfortunately our dogs can't physically speak So we have to advocate for them and we have to ask questions and we have to feel comfortable speaking with our vet about protocols and treatments. And if you don't, then you need another vet. Yeah, if your vet
0: doesn't make you feel comfortable asking questions when you say, could you tell me more? I always teach my clients, both the veterinarians when they're asking questions and the clients when they're asking questions, instead of so what do you mean by that? Say, could you tell me more? Because you might just have heard it wrong. Or could you tell me that again? Or this is what I hear you saying. It's, it's called active listening. And so veterinarians need to get better at it because they have to actively listen and repeat and reflect what their clients say so they understand it. They don't jump off the deep end. And clients also should take the time to really ask their vets, let me let me wrap up what I think I heard you say, Mm -hmm. because then the veterinarian can either clarify or affirm. So, you know what's going on. I have a colleague in Boston who's the Boston dog lawyer. He's one of the podcasts on Why Do Pets Matter? um, Jeremy Cohen. And I love him, but he said, I just wish. And I'm sure, um, Christy, you will be 100% behind this. I just wish that pet owners would ask for a second opinion. Mm. And it's not forum shopping. It's simply, please go and and not your colleague down in the next room, but rather let's call somebody outside the forum, especially in cancer or something like that. So you
1: can really affirm that this is what's going on. Absolutely. And what I love about the veterinary industry is that more and more veterinarians are becoming integrative veterinarians where they are practicing the usual veterinary medicine, Western medicine, but also incorporating other integrative treatments, you know, such as acupuncture or cold laser therapy, Um, chiropractic. There are so many ways that we can address the issues with our dog. And I love the holistic integrative approach where you're taking the entire animal and not just putting a bandaid on a symptom. What is the root cause? So I think think the industry is changing little by little. And I'm really encouraged by that. Let me ask you a question. Do you think um, and I'll let you know what I think
0: after you tell me what you think. Um, do you think that people are becoming more open to uh, various ways to treat their pets because they're becoming more um, family members than just just pets of a household that you know
1: sleep on the floor next to our beds? They used to sleep outside. I absolutely do. They are part of our family, and just as human medicine is changing and advancing every single day. Same goes true with veterinary medicine. And it's just amazing the strides that we're making. You know, it it is a science and even nutrition is a science. So I am just so excited about what is coming down the pike. And I think more and more people are, are listening and open to changing. So I think it's an exciting time and people don't know what they don't know. So it's people like you and I that are spreading the word, you know, there's better ways <laughs> um, for ourselves yeah. and our dogs to address health.
0: And how to address each other when we're addressing health is key as well, because if you come at it from a position of, I know, you know, what's best, that's one way to come at it. hmm if you are open, there's a, there's a guru of mediation, which is what I practice. And his name is William Urey. He goes, when people are at odds about what they're thinking, um, go up into the balcony as if you're at a theater and watch what's happening and see what you're missing, what you're not allowing in. I often say to my clients when they're at odds with, um, either the veterinarian or the pet owner or the breeder, um, the one thing everybody wants the most of is what's best for the pet. They're just defining it differently. So instead of needing to be right, why don't we try to get it right for the pet? Mm -hmm. And in the law realm, where we have advocacy and activism, there is my way or the highway. And I'm working on it and I'm doing great strides in having people take a step back and think, but in animal advocacy, it has always sort of been My way or the highway, you you know, adopt, don't shop, um, spay and neuter everything, Mm -hmm. Uh, don't wear fur, uh, don't eat meat. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of those things that I absolutely think are phenomenal. And am I trying to abide by a number of them? Absolutely. However, I'm not going to hold Krista out as a renegade because she isn't. She's doing something different, or I'm not going to shame or blame her because she's not doing it. And I know your podcast helps people understand the different things they can avail themselves of, but I've listened to so many episodes, and none of them make people feel bad when they can't do it.
1: Well, I think you're alluding to, you know, I'm not going to shame somebody for feeding kibble because- I personally feed a raw diet. That's what I believe in. That's how I feed my dog. But if you are a kibble feeder for reasons, maybe that's what you're used to, or you have a lot of dogs and you are on a budget, big dogs especially, that's fine. But there are so many ways that you can improve on the existing kibble diet. We can add so many good things and it'll make the world of difference. And there's been studies just adding leafy greens. Maybe get a chopped bag of frozen spinach and add that three times a week on top of your kibble. Studies show that that will decrease their chances of certain cancers. You know, um, putting water uh, sardines in water. What is it? A dollar a can at your local grocery store. My oh dog loves that. Oh my god, it's like the manna from heaven. The omegas, the essential fatty I don't acids. I wanted to kiss me after that, though. I have to say, <laughs> mm, delicious, delicious. <laughs> yes, and scrambled eggs. Oh my gosh, Deborah, you and I both know. I mean, that is the world's perfect protein, and dogs love it. Yeah, it has all the amino acids that they need. Add some scrambled egg. Yeah, it's not an all or
0: nothing. It's no. okay. So here's where you are. How can we help you make one or two? easy shifts like buying frozen spinach or throwing the rest of your scrambled egg on top of the food um, Mm -hmm. to make that dog um, the best it can be given your
1: constraints. Absolutely. It's not not hard. It isn't.
0: It isn't hard. It's just it's how it's received. And you know this from your podcast. So how the information is received by the person is whether or not they're going to say, wow, Krista really opened my eyes to that. Spinach thing, I might have to try that. Maybe I'll do some research. Maybe there's a podcast note that I can follow to do A, B, and C. You know, I don't want to do raw because, you know, I have little kids and the salmonella and whatever it is that, you know, keeps me from doing raw. Um, But boy, if I could add frozen spinach or I could add, you know, whatever and make the dog's diet that much better. Pretty inexpensive at Costco, right? And really able to to augment what I can do. And I think okay. that's what you and I bring to the table with our podcast. It's not that we're professing that it's this way or the highway. It's that we want to meet you where you are, and mm-hmm. then give you easy tips on how to in your um, neck of the woods nutrition um, and well being and wellness. And for me, having that conversation so that it doesn't erupt into conflict. Yep,
1: I'm totally with you.
0: It makes such a big difference. So tell me a little bit more about the well-being because that has to do with food, of course, but also has to do, I believe, with the toys they play with, the things you have in your home, the training you do, which is not um, the training of the 70s and 80s when I was going to training class, where they used to throw bottles at dogs to make sure they were proofed. You know, I, yeah. you know, and and you know what really is bad, Krista, when I went to those um, trainings. And the trainer threw things at my dog while she was sitting there on her long sit. I knew it was wrong. Mm. And yet, it's terrible. And you know this from your podcast, and I know this from my part. People believe that those people have these um, uh, letters after their name as trainers. And so they must know better. Right. And we have to give everybody strength to go, mm, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good to me. I'm not necessarily a conscientious objector, but... Herein comes my sentence. Tell me more about why you think throwing something at the dog while they're sitting there is going to be really helpful to them
1: for their long sit. Well, you just said the magic word. Why? Why? We should use that word every day in every aspect of our life. And it shouldn't be seen as
0: threatening. Are you threatening my, you know, I've been training for 25 years. You've heard this. I've been training for 25 years. I remember my first Irish setter I took to the Volhard School and no aspersions. However, she was a great retriever of a dumbbell. Um, but they thought that she really needed to take it at a standstill. And she refused because she's an Irish setter. And Irish right. setters conscientiously object. I call them the Jerry Maguires of the dog world. Show <laughs> me the money. Show me what's in it for me, and then I'll do it. So <laughs> she, she finally, after you know, choking her um, to get her to open her mouth so she would take the dumbbell. Uh, we got home, and I can tell you, Krista, she never picked up a dumbbell again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I knew
0: I was doing something wrong, but I was like, I think 23 and this person had been doing this and had written three books and everybody thought she was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I went, oh God. So, you know that now we are a little more um, open to interpretation, let's say.
1: Yes, absolutely. There is not one size fits all.
0: So tell us a little bit more about what Wag Out Loud provides for people, because not only is it the nutritional information in the podcast, but so much more.
1: Well, thank you for asking. Uh, Yes, besides the weekly podcast that we have, and like you, the format is down and dirty. It's 25 to 30 minutes at the most. It just gives people enough information to be inquisitive and want to research more, find out more, so that we have that. That releases every Wednesday morning. And then I have the Wag Out Loud LTO show that stands for limited time offers. And that is so much fun because that is kind of like QVC for dog products. So it's live stream, it's simulcast and people get an amazing LTO, limited time offer off of that shows product that we're highlighting and it's products that I know like and trust so if you go to the wag out loud website you'll see the partner products page and these are affiliate relationships that I've made on just outstanding products and a lot of them people have never heard of so it's really exciting when they find out about certain things and you know I offer discounts as well through my affiliate relationship. So we've got the LTO show. And then you mentioned this in the beginning that I am a brand ambassador for dog is good. And dog is good has been around since 2008. And it is the emotional lifestyle brand for the other end of the leash. So for the people. And we love Gilda Kurtz. She's like the best. Gila is amazing. Love, love, love her. So they just started this new division called Dig Direct. And I now, through Dig Direct, have my own online store of Dog is Good products. Fabulous. But it's, it is so much fun. And these are exclusive products that you won't find anywhere else. They're not on the Dog is Good site. They're only in the Dig Direct online store. And I am having so much fun with that. So if anybody's interested, please reach out to me because I can show you how you can have your own online store as well. And they that give is all the support. Can, tell us a little bit about the kinds of things that people can pick
0: up there. So are they toys? Are they clothes? I saw oh. a shirt here that I loved. I don't sit. Or something like that.
1: It was, it was, oh, your dog doesn't know sit.
0: Yeah, my dog doesn't know sit. Well, that's because he's a show dog and we don't teach sit because sit, like, that's right. You don't want
1: them to sit. So, yeah, that like that shirt is a limited edition product. So, once they're sold out, they're gone. Yep. So, every month we have new limited edition products. So, right now it's wearables for the people Mm -hmm. and it's for men and women. We are going to be bringing on nutritionals for dogs, experiences like retreats that you can go on with you and your dog, services like uh, pet insurance. So it's in pre-launch stage still. So we are still adding every single day and it's gonna be amazing. And this is a great opportunity for nonprofits for their fundraising efforts with little to no effort. I mean, they. On their part, yeah. An online store handed to them. It's, it's fantastic.
0: I know. Gil is great. She just
1: really supports the
0: entire um, pet industry that's helping pet owners have their best life
1: with pets. Yes, you've said it so well.
0: (laughs) I love her. I I, Actually, I interviewed her before uh, November 2019, and then it just was destroyed in who knows what. So I have to get her back on to talk about um, Dog is Good because it is such a perfect online platform for people to use, as is Wag Out Loud. But we're all partners in this. We're all trying to help uh, people with pets live their best life with their pets.
1: Well, that's the beauty of this new division is that it just fits so seamlessly with my existing business. And it is an added revenue stream and it's fun. I'm also going to do the pop-up opportunity, which they're going to be rolling out shortly. So I can have my own little dog is good booth yep. at different events. And it's and just- Is it live or is it going to be virtual at this point,
0: but we'll be live later? It's going to be live. I
1: mean, the world is starting to open up again and events are happening. So I'm really excited.
0: Awesome. This is so awesome. So Krista, tell me again, people can get to you at wagoutloud.com, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, And that's where they can find you. And the things that they can learn from that website are all about nutrition, um, all about well-being and wellness for the people and the dogs. And
1: anything I've left out, let me know. Just the amazing products that I have found, you know, I'm all about supporting small business. So I work directly with the manufacturers, you know, not Amazon, not Chewy. Um, These are small business owners that have the most amazing products for ourselves and our dogs. So I really invite everybody to check those out because, again, I have vetted them. There's many products that come across my desk and then I try on my dog Winston that are just not a fit for whatever reason. So these are really, really cool. I, I invite but then to you to turn you
0: on to Liz Rubenstein. She was our last guest on why do pets matter? And she built the ginger lead and it was because her golden retriever had two bad hips and needed surgery. And of course the vet sends you home with a towel. And that's so helpful. Mm. Um, and so she and her husband designed this harness that goes from Chihuahua size to Golden Retriever size, not the same one. I mean, there are different ones right. uh, that, <laughs> that help you not only walk your dog because uh, it a, has a leash attached, but has a handle attached. Uh, so if the dog just needs a little support going up hills or going upstairs, it can wear the harness without any um, encumbrance. And yet when it gets tired or after surgery and you have to walk down the stairs one at a time, I know you have a terrier. That's against their religion, walking downstairs one at a time. It's an Irish <laughs> setter's against their religion too. So, you know, um, and take, you see the terriers get between your feet, you fall, you know, because they're in between your feet. The Irish setters take you with them because they bang into you. Uh, <laughs> so these are always the kinds of things that if God forbid they get hurt, um, or maybe even you get hurt and you really just need more control. Um, Liz Rubenstein's uh, ginger lead is fabulous. That might be something you want to put on your list. She's independent and I have her... Last week on the podcast, and the funniest thing is, you'll laugh at this. We met at um, an ABC VMX, and she's an attorney. And she had stopped practicing because she really didn't feel fulfilled. And after I told her what I did, she went back to the practice of law and now mediates conflicts. Uh, she's not as focused as I am. She does other mediations as well, but she definitely is a go-to person for mediations um, over animals. So conflicts a great over great story, yeah. Uh, so so she's really great and. And I'm just so grateful to keep meeting people in the dog world who are making people's lives better um, with their pets. And now, of course, as we wrap up, I'd love to hear your thoughts about where we're going to go post-COVID with all the dogs that we've had before COVID who now, whose life has now changed. And they're like, wait a minute, I don't want to go back to being alone again. Or the pets that we've acquired during COVID that have had no socialization, that we really are bad at training. That's why everybody's buying that T-shirt that says my dog doesn't sit um, because we are bad at training. Uh, How are we going to cope with that?
1: You know, COVID was good in respect to, you know, so many dogs were rescued and adopted and people found out. Even more, why the bond is so strong. But on the flip side, as the world is getting back to normal, um, at least the pet sitters and the dog walkers are going to, those that survive, get their job back again. They're going to get their job back. And I'm so excited for that. And the trainers, oh my gosh, to your point, these dogs that have been our shadows for over a year. They are going to be full of separation anxiety. Um, They're totally maybe, overwhelmed right now, the trainers, and it's only going to get worse, I think. I I totally agree. So we need to put ourselves in their paws and understand how how are we going to go back to normal life? Maybe those that get to work from home continuously, yay. But I don't think it's healthy for us or our dogs to be inseparable. Yeah. So, we have to little by like our little, kids,
0: right? You you want your kids to go off but you're scared to death, but you really need to let your kids go off so they make some mistakes, little ones, so that they can learn from them.
1: Start now. Just, yeah. you know, leave them alone for 30 minutes. And studies show that dogs love classical, soft rock and reggae. Just leave some music on for them. Okay. Um classical and, was my go to. Yes, yeah, see, it and they love it, it's calming yeah. for them. And don't make a big deal when you leave, and don't make a big deal when you come back. It's the oh, there you are, so so excited, and oh oh, this is an event, and that's what they expect. Yeah. No, it's calm. I'll see you in a little bit, and you know, just extend the time that you're away and look at their behavior. Are they fearful? Are they anxiety-ridden? Calm them however you can. CBD is amazing. I'm not saying that you have to give anything over the usual dose, but just make them aware that it's okay to be separated from you for whatever amount of time and that you're going to be back and you're going to love them just as much, but start now.
0: Yeah, that's, and start that's a great point. start with like 30 minutes and maybe give them a Kong with frozen yogurt or something in it or something oh, you yeah. love so that you can keep them busy. They won't even know you're gone for 30 minutes. And the good thing is, at least in my world with my dogs, they have no idea how long I've been gone. Yes. Um, they greet me whether I've been gone to put the garbage out or I've been gone all day the exact same way, which makes me a little crushed when I've been gone to a conference or something for four days and they greet me the same way they do when I bring the garbage in, <laughs> uh, you know, hello. But they really don't know. And, and the other thing that, that is in my conflict world is having people um, hold a safe space for someone who recognizes they can't keep their dog, that it really has become not a safe situation for them or for their dog. And let's help them transition that dog because, A, none of us who love dogs want dogs to stay in a situation where they're not receiving really good input and helping them find someplace else without saying, oh, it came from a terrible owner, that Krista. She didn't take care of it. She locked it in a crate all day and blah, blah, blah. Not helpful to Krista to give it up because she doesn't want to be judged. Not helpful to the new people who are going to think, oh, my God, this dog has so many issues because they came better you know, when I do the map plan on Wednesday nights, I always say, address the needs of your pet, which means you have to tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. So my dog doesn't like when you leave. Well, I don't leave. Well, great, then this might be the best dog for you and we'll just transition it to you. Because you just need to make sure that you tell the truth, you don't judge. Um, because but to the grace of God go all of us. You know, some of us lost our jobs, some of us didn't. Some of us lost our homes, some of us didn't. Some of us got COVID and got sick for a long time, some of us didn't. So let's all just try to, Um, Be kinder and gentler to the decisions and choices we're making now for our Mm -hmm. pets because our incomes might have changed, our lifestyles might have changed. And yeah, we're we're now, as you said, we're starting to get back to normal, but that normal might be different. And let's support everybody where they are and hopefully support them in keeping their dog. But if that's not good for the dog or the people, I don't know. What do you think?
1: If it's not good for the dog or the people, well... (sighs) I think too many times we don't give our dogs enough credit. They are so resilient. smart. They are resilient. No matter what age, they love to learn. They love to use their mind. So don't dismiss your dog and you know give them a chance. Both of you, you you know, you have to give grace in, Self in as well. Situation. Recognize the tough
0: the tough time you're in and recognize we're all a little bit off right now. I know we talked about this before we got so. online. Both of us are a little bit off because of COVID. You know, everything is a little bit different. We're responding to information and input and experiences a little bit differently. So give yourself, I love that. Give yourself a little space, a little grace. And maybe today isn't the day you make that decision, um, but... If if you're going to make that decision, let's be kind and thoughtful. And if we can think of a way to keep the pet with you that works for you, well, that's a win-win.
1: And ask for help. Deborah, oh, you know, yet. nine times out of ten, it's not the dog that needs the training. I'm sorry to say it. It's us. And that's where that mentorship we, that we need to about at the
0: beginning. So, and when you do mentor, so if you are a preservationist, purebred breeder, and you know that this dog can be this dog can be helped, um, mm-hmm. do it in a way that's uh, welcoming and informative, not like. Krista, how could you be so blankety-blank not to know this? Well, I don't. This might be my third Irish setter, but my other two were like these perfect dogs who never did anything wrong, and now this one's eating sheetrock. So I don't have any experience with sheetrock-eating Irish setters. I happen to have experience with so many different things that Irish setters can think of um, that I don't think I'd ever be surprised uh, with what an Irish setter can think of, new, to surprise me with, because uh, they are the... You know, Jerry Maguire's, they need you to show them the money. I always say, if you want a dog that does it because they love you, buy a golden retriever. If you want a dog who's going to decide whether or not they're going to do it for you, buy an Irish setter. <laughs> and, and by P.S., they always don't do it for you when it's important. Like when you're in an AKC obedience event or something or agility. That? <laughs> that's when they don't do it. They'll do it perfectly in practice. I, I, I think if I had a nickel for every time I said, She has never done this before. Um, I would not have to work another day in my life because my girls are so much worse than my boys. My boys are less likely to not do anything because they're undying love. Uh, The girls, independent thinkers, as we all are, um, and uh, (laughs) take it to that second level. So I am so sad that we're almost out of time. But Krista, I am so glad you were here. I'd love to have you back because I think we have so much more to talk about. I know that I'm going to be on your show and we're going to have fun then. But to wrap it up, I want to say that... um, Where Loud has uh, a wonderful podcast, wonderful information on its website, great things that you can avail yourself of um, for a limited time and also all the time. So don't forget to get there. You'll get all this information in the show notes. And until next time, Krista, thank you so much for being here. I hope you had as much fun as I did.
1: I absolutely did, Deborah. You are a joy and I wish everybody a tail wagging day. Thank you so much. And this is Deborah Hamilton of Why Do
0: Pets Matter? The podcast that talks about how things matter to us about pets. Also, the MAP community, which if you join us at 630 on Wednesday nights, you're able to decide how to make a plan, navigate that journey your pet takes when you can't care for it. And then, of course, Hamilton Law Mediation. I don't want anybody to be in conflict, but if you are It's been said that I have helped people out of conflicts they never thought they could get out of. So until then, take care. The Why Do Pets Matter podcast drops every Thursday and can be found on whichever platform you find your podcasts. Subscribe now, invite your friends, and I cannot wait to have you join me in these conversations.